Welcome to the She Wore Black podcast. I'm Agatha Andrews. Today, I've invited friend and contributing editor at Book Riot, P.N. Hinton, back onto the show to talk about spooky summer books. This episode is a birthday treat for us both, so I hope you enjoy it. I'll link to the recommended books in my online bookshop if you want to support the show, as well as independent bookstores nationwide. That's at bookshop.org slash shop slash she wore black. You can also help out the show by following She Wore Black on Twitter and Instagram and leaving us a review wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for joining us today. Now, on to the show. <sighs> PN, welcome back to the show. I've missed you. I've missed you too, Agatha. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know we chit chat all the time and message and everything, but I missed you on the podcast. So this is this is fun. For those of you who are tuning in, uh, PN and I are summer babies with a birthday very close together. Happy birthday. Thank you. Happy birthday to you too. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I'm a firecracker. I'm a July 4th baby. So, (laughs) (laughs) and you're in June. It'll be the Saturday. Yeah. yeah. When this goes live, it'll be the previous Saturday, but yeah. Well, anyway, I wanted to just relax and, you know, recommend some books to people that either take place in summer or celebrate summer in some way. We just had midsummer. So I will say, let's go ahead and kick off Rex with your first one. Okay. So my first one is Kill River by Cameron Robiek. I think that's how you say his last name. I'm not 100% sure. Okay. So as you can tell from the title, it's, it's a, basically a slasher film on paper. It's the 1980s. I want to say it's 1983 exactly. And Cindy is kind of a bookish girl and her parents make her go to camp because they're like, you need to go be social and make friends as parents often did in the 80s. I'm sure, <laughs> you know, that's why summer camps happened back then. So she goes and at first she's kind of antisocial and keeps to herself, but then she finds these three other kids they just band together especially she and the other girl like she this other girl kind of looks at her like a little sister so takes her under her ring they've been to the camp before it's cindy's first time so of course they have history and this all culminates in them basically deciding that they're going to break away from this camp in the middle of the night and take the raft after one lesson of going down the river Mm -hmm. to run away and go back home they end up on these rapids it's scary and then they end up at this abandoned water park now these are teenagers you know and so they're just like oh cool the water park and so they start riding all the rides but unbeknownst to them there's a killer there and he starts hunting them and then picking them off one by one and i mean that's basically it you know it's one of those it's a slasher so there's only one survivor there's always a final girl or a final person Mm -hmm. and the way it ends is perfect like not to give any spoilers but perfect like seriously it's like reading a slasher film and there are two others in the series that I haven't read yet my one of my good friends did and she says they're as delightfully campy as the first one nice (laughs) so that's my first one and it's one of those that like usually when you're reading or watching horror movies I think everybody has that you know well I would never do that kind of hoity-toityness yes and I'm gonna be honest I'm a grown woman and I'm like, oh, I'd probably lose my mind if I walked up into an abandoned water park mm-hmm. that was fully running and operational, like the rides were going. Yeah. Tubes. I'm like, I don't think anybody would like not ride at least one ride before being like, okay, maybe something's wrong here. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was never allowed to go to summer camp as much as I wanted to. Really? Yeah. Well, we lived in San Francisco when the Zodiac killer was a thing. And my dad worked on a mountain that was like, I think had one of the bodies at one time he was with the, in the air force. Okay. Um, and so they had, a they, they, their base was on a mountain out there and there was some of the activity from the serial killing, um, kind of on or near the mountain. And he's like, you're never going to be out of my sight for the rest of your life. You know, (laughs) that was going on. And, um, oh, also in the eighties, kids were dying at summer camp, like getting murdered at summer oh camp. My goodness. So, um, and it was, it was the early eighties where that was happening. So they were like, yeah, that's, yeah, you know, you're not going to summer camp. So I didn't, I didn't go. Oh, I only read about it or saw it in terrible B teen movies. Right. <laughs> yeah. The summer camp seems to go to tan, well, camping seems to go hand in hand in the summer, which yeah. makes sense. Cause I, I don't like camping anyways, I'll be honest, but I certainly wouldn't want to camp in the winter even though it's cooler because I'm like because then it gets too cold what about glamping glamping I would do I'm totally (laughs) a glamper like that's the only way we have some these good couple friends that we always hang out with them like they're our person they would be they would be they were our pod during you know yeah uh, the the height of 2020 and they're big campers and so is my husband and he's like do you want to go camping and I'm like absolutely not I'm like you need to get an RV or a cabin I'm like I'm, I'm not sleeping on the ground in a sleeping bag. (laughs) Um, The one time I ever tried camping, I love hiking. I love hiking. But the one time I ever tried camping was a guy I was dating at the time. He was the only cheesy guy I ever dated. Um, But he, in, in South Texas, we grew up on the beach and there was this huge spring break thing we would do that would attract hundreds of thousands of people to this stretch of beach that's about a mile long. And it was gross. It was filthy and like loud music. And you're, I mean, you're literally inches away from the tent next to you. Like it was drunk jerks everywhere and it was just the worst. And so I know that's not what camping is like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have, I have, I have a sand sculpture drama. So, cause it was the sand sculptures and I'm like, uh, drama, uh, trauma. Cause I'm like, I'm never going through a camp, like a tent again. <laughs> You're too close to other things. So I, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know that's not the way it goes down. Maybe I'll give it another chance. I do love hiking though. I, I hike like all the time. So the, the first one I'm going to talk about you, I know you've heard of it because, um, you know, you can't also be a contributing editor for book, Riot That does the kissing books newsletter and not also know about goddess of filth by V Castro. Yes. And I'm showing you the books as if anyone else can see what I'm showing them, <laughs> <laughs> but that's okay. I'm talking to you. Um, so goddess of filth by V Castro. If, if, people haven't heard me talk about it. I mean, I interviewed her for the show and I do want to present this caveat of, I kind of told myself I wasn't going to feature books in my list that have been featured on the show. And this, I guess does. So I don't know, maybe I'll work in an extra book somewhere towards the end, but you know, the Hacienda by Isabel Ganyas um, is an obvious pick and Sundial by Katrina Ward would be an obvious summer reading pick, but I didn't pick those because 
I've either talked about them on episodes with you already. Like I think I did Katrina Wards on um, on our one of books we were looking for in forward to you in, in 2022. That means not, is that the uh, call? The desert movie? one. No, where the desert the, one. Okay. Yeah. With the mother and the daughter. Oh, and the, yeah. Yes, remember I remember that one. That one. <laughs> yeah. So those were obvious, like desert thing. I mean, those were kind of obvious picks and I've already talked about them. So I didn't want to talk about them again, but I wanted to talk about Goddess of Filth because it is in South Texas and, you know, it's in San Antonio and you and I are Texas girls. So, you know, we know Texas heat. And so it just was like, I need to talk about this. (laughs) I need to talk about this, like as a summer wreck specifically, because it's these four girls and there's lots of references to the craft, but they've just graduated high school. And so they're late teens about to like college age. And it's the summer between high school graduation and college. And they're doing all the things that teens do. They're either working or like trying to navigate, like being that age, but still living at home and all of those things in the context of a possession story and uh, an erotic sort of self-discovery. And uh, I mean, so it's got sex, it's got heat, it's got horror, it's got San Antonio, it's got references to Sonic and Whataburger. It's got... <laughs> <laughs> It's got everything a Texas girl knows. um, And particularly it's got the heat. So if you're looking for a summer wreck, that's definitely, there's no way to not talk about this. That sounds awesome. Like I I love any craft. The craft was my life at some point. (laughs) Was that your identity? (laughs) Yeah, for a little bit, but not so much like in terms of that kind of aesthetic, I mm-hmm. feel like I'm more comfortable doing it at now at my current age, Yeah. which I was actually speaking to my hairdresser about this over this last week when I got my new hair done, my hair did. And I was just like, <laughs> I feel women, especially, especially in this current climate, as they get older, they just stop caring what other people think about them. Like it's too hot. It, it's too hot. And it's just like, I'm too old. Yeah. And I spent majority of my life playing to roles that other people assign me with yeah so if I get a side eye because you know I'm wearing black lipstick I'm like it looks good on me I don't care I understand Weezer Boudreaux Mm -hmm. in a visceral way now from that Steel Magnolias (laughs) right oh Weezer was always my favorite but yeah as you get older you're like "Mm." I'm becoming Weezer I am Weezer okay I'm I'm just gonna get the overalls you know I already have I used to wear overalls in the 90s I was very cute in them so I'm like I need to bring those back and the hat with the flowers on them I need to do all of it (laughs) so uh getting to my second one it's so funny that you mentioned one of your anticipated picks from another episode we did because my next recommendation is one that I was looking forward to and that was the girl in the lake by yeah brown and read it yes I read it because I got it like as soon as it came out and I was I believe I read it in February and I really enjoyed it because again like the first one there's a lot of history there because so the premise is there's this girl Celeste yeah and swimming's a big deal in her family mainly from her grandparents and one of the reasons I'm not gonna say the other one is that spoily but one of the reasons is because they grew up in the time where you know pools were segregated you know where 
yeah hotel managers were coming out dropping like bleach and chlorine into the pool to get the black kids out of it so they were very much like this is important this is our right and she fails her swimming test and so she doesn't want to go to her grandparents lake house because she knows that everybody but her can swim and that they're going to try to make her swim and she's just nervous about it sure and so she gets there and there's a haunting as there is in these situations and there's a girl she keeps seeing a girl that looks like her but isn't her in the mirror which again is spoilery so i won't get too much into that but what i loved about it is that it is what i call middle grade scary which is that it is scary enough for like 90 percent of the book to give you the chills and thrills that you want but mm-hmm. the resolution is nice. Like we're not traumatizing the young readers and making them not want to continue with horror. That's something I feel that comes with age. You don't yeah. mind those unsettling endings, but this is like middle grade scary because it all comes together. But the buildup and the atmosphere, it's spot on just like with her first one. So I'm recommending that one because you know, yeah, summer, summer late lake house it all goes hand in hand swimming yeah the whole thing very nice well and you never know what's in a lake so even if you know how to swim you don't know what's down there and lakes are great places for secrets to hide so you know they they really are i'm I'm getting to that point where i'm just like i don't think i like water where i can't see the bottom no (laughs) camping no water (laughs) i'm a very boring person like and you know you would think i'd be okay with it because the only beach I went to growing up was Galveston mm-hmm. and it's not blue. So, like, I remember the first Texas time I coast went, isn't blue. It's, the first time I yeah. went somewhere and I saw blue water, I was just like, what is this? Cause yeah. you don't get that here in Texas. Well, and in Cancun, like if you're in central Mexico, it's like crystal clear. You can see like way down to the ocean floor. It's very clear. And that blew my mind because I'm from a Texas coast where Mm -hmm. the Gulf of Mexico is like constantly churning things up. So it's just, it's not blue. (laughs) It's it's very, yeah, it's very opaque. So (laughs) yeah, you know, we still, at least we still have beach, right? So speaking of, you recommended a middle grade. This, the next one I have is coming of age, but it is not middle grade. It is an adult book that features kids, but it is reflective narrative. So sort of like stand by me where it's an adult reflecting on a time of his youth. This is the same way. This is the Saturday night ghost club. Can, can you see it? I want to read this one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, you can see right on the cover kids on bikes, nothing. Mm -hmm. I love more than kids on bikes. I mean, aside from haunted houses, uh, which factors in too, (laughs) But yeah, it's kids on bikes, it's summertime, and it is an adult reflecting, hence the reflective narrative, on growing up in the 1980s in Niagara Falls. And he's got this eccentric uncle that he hangs out with, and he and his friends basically spend their summer like looking and investigating ghost stories or investigating like urban legends and, and all that kind of stuff. So you know, I actually haven't read it yet, but I did just buy it because I've been seeing people talking about it, maybe because it's summer, you know, it's a summer vibe. And I don't know, I just, I just felt like kids on bikes, I'm in. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and they're, they're kind of doing what I do. You know, I go poking around cemeteries and haunted hotels and all these things, you know, I'm already as an adult 
grown ass adult doing these <laughs> investigations. And I'm like, kids that are doing it at 12 years old, I'm in, you yeah, know, <laughs> much braver than me. Cause I was not that person. And what's funny is like, I actually want, I think this is in our book jar for my book club. Cause I remember seeing this and being like, Oh, this is right up our alley. So we might be reading that sometime soon. Cause it should still be in there, but oh, yeah, that's a good one. Very nice. So, so what do you have next? So my last one is the last one that I've read. The other ones are ones I'm looking forward to. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm, I'm kind of cheating on the assignment there because those last ones are ones that I know are coming out in the summer. So I'm counting them. I have a couple that haven't release. come out yet either. Um, so, I mean, I'm putting them there so that people can pre-order. Um, but, you know, they're things I'm looking forward to as well. Awesome. So my last one is another uh, middle grader. It's called Hide and Seeker by Daka Harmon. Mm-hmm. And basically, so it opens with this, the narrator is Justin, that's right. And it opens with him heading to his friend Z's um, welcome back party because mm. Z went missing for a year, like completely just like vanished, like into thin air and nobody knows what happens to him. And when he comes back, he's not right, but he's not talking about, you know, what happened to him. He's very, very closed off, even to his mom. And she's trying to bring him out of his shell, you know, get him assimilated back into society as it were so she throws a party for him and all the neighborhood kids come and while they're waiting for him to come out because he's pretty much stayed in his room Mm -hmm. they start playing hide and seek and they cheat that's that's the important part because I was not aware that there were rules to hide and seek so when I was reading this I was just like wait a minute what I'm getting sidetracked so they play wait a minute I do wait aside from like close your eyes and count to whatever what, like, are, what else is there? What was one of the other rules that got me? And there's like a home base, I think. And there's a home base. And you a tag or something. Can't tell where someone's hiding. Like you can't snitch on someone. I think of course not. Rules. <laughs> yeah. And oh my gosh, what was the other one? So I remember going, why are there rules? I thought there was just, you know, close your eyes and then run. And oh my goodness. I can't remember the other well, one. So far I'm down with that. Yeah, you can't snitch. I mean. Which is terrible because then I would probably end up getting caught into the nowhere if I was playing hide and seek. Ian's going to be ratting everybody out. They're over there. Like, Don't tag me. <laughs> it says, it's because someone got found and then they snitched on someone else. Okay. And I think impeding somebody from like another anyway, player trying to I'm impede sorry. somebody. <laughs> like I'm not, I can't remember what it was, but I remember just being perplexed that there were rules. And they go over the rules in the book, but because they break the rules, they become the target of this entity called the seeker who pulls them into the nowhere um, where their fears basically play out in real life and they're playing hide and seek against him. And you find out in the book that he's got to have so many kids there before he can like reach into the real world. And so they're trying to stop that. And of course, get back home because there are like so many kids here that have been just gone missing. Mm -hmm. And it's really, really dark. And this one is not so middle grade scary and that the ending is still unsettling in a little way I was just like oh I bet this is gonna come back in some way in her next book mm-hmm. um I will give and I'm giving this warning simply because I appreciate it when people exit it to me yes there is a content warning for parental death okay and I mentioned that because you know the narrator's so young and Thank in case you. there's a young reader that is going through that because I know again I'm a grown-up woman but when a book talker booktuber i'm sorry not a book talker booktuber was mentioning this book they mentioned that and i yeah. told them thank you in the comments I'm like nobody thinks of that unless they've been through that and even then it's if only if you've been at a young age i feel 
you mm-hmm. warn about it in children's literature. Yeah. So it's one of those like this is in there, um, and I'm because the secrets mean like did did you ever watch 1408? No. So in it, like the the story versus the room is so, is so different because my friend put it perfectly in the movie. The room is just mean. Like mm. there's no other way to say it. Like, and when you watch Hamilton, they're just mean and their vindictiveness and evilness, and that's what the seeker is. Because mm. it said he preys on your fears, and he's just mean. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. wow. So warning for that too. I mean, he's evil. He's not going to be, you know, right charismatic or anything. But again, as an adult, I was like, wow, this is this is pretty dark. Mm-hmm. but it's great and I'm counting it as a summer read because I don't think they went to school like okay I feel like they were getting together for the party because there were other kids involved and they didn't have to worry about going to school the next day yeah so or you know after that but that's a good one and that's a debut so I don't think she's come out that author's come out with anything just yet so that's a good one um yeah, no, that sounds pretty good. I like that you're also, uh, you know, including some of these younger titles too, because people are also trying to figure out what can I recommend for my kid? You know? <laughs> a lot of us are parents at home with kids, so that's perfect. Um, so my next one, it's kind of a two-parter, but one of them I've talked about, so I'm not going to elaborate on it. And then I'm going to have her on as a guest to talk about it more at length. But, um, you know, if we're going to talk about summaries, we're going to talk about mermaids, right? Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Tim McGregor has lure coming out in July and I have the arc. I haven't read it yet because I've, I've been trying to read these other things for, other, you know, previous episodes before my episode with Tim. Um, but he, wrote this story it's a novella and it is you know a mermaid that is ominous and dark and a proper siren and people are going mad and um like all kinds of of terrible things are happening as a result of of her presence similarly in in Desiree's this is the one I didn't want to elaborate too much on but I've talked about it before. I'll mention it briefly because both of these books are books that you're going to have to pre-order. But Desiree's is, you know, as someone you've seen it in the romance world, it's a monster romance. So it's like man-eating mermaids. Then, you know, until she finds a captain who is possibly a tasty snack in two different ways. And so... So, yeah, I mean, I'll put, and I'll post all of these books, listeners, I'll post all of these books in my online bookshop under a single list, like on my online bookshop page, you'll see it like as its own separate list, there's list options and you can go in there and take a look at all these books that we're talking about. And I'll have these up for pre-order, but Lure by Tim McGregor. I mean, Desiree's book doesn't come out until the fall, but Tim's comes out in July. So if you're looking for a summer read in summer, I would pick up Tim's for sure. So, you know, dark horror with mermaids. I mean, give me. Yeah. I think people underestimate how dastardly mermaids can be. Most of us grew up on the Disney version. Yeah. And so when you think about it, you're like, no, no, I'm pretty sure that they were pretty vicious. I watched, uh, what was it? one of the pirates at world's end where they had the mermaids in that mm-hmm. and i'm like ah yeah they don't look like you should trust them but because they lean more into the siren 
aspect of it to my soul in that movie. So, well, I love how, you know, I mean, again, there's always these go-tos, right. That I'm not using as my examples because I feel like they're either obvious or, or I've talked about them at length already, but like, I haven't talked about Jaws, but I feel like that's an obvious summer read, but you know, these other two, like with dark, vicious or ominous mermaids is kind of the new jaws, <laughs> if you will, yes. as far as like, it's the, it's a new thing to fear in the ocean. And I just thought that was so fun. So awesome. Yay. So my next one for you is an upcoming release and it's a collection of short stories. So I have no idea, you know, what each individual is about. Okay. I tend to go into short stories, not trying to notice it anyways, because I like to be surprised, but it's called hell hath no sorrow, like a woman haunted. Okay. RJ Joseph. That's coming out August 7th, according <gasps> to yeah. the what I found. And it's a collection of short stories by, you know, and about black women. I think there's just one author. I think it's just RJ Joseph. That cover is incredible. I've seen that cover. It, it, isn't it? You're just like, that is just amazing. Yeah. That's something you want on a print, really. But it's about the various horrors they go through. And so it sounds to me like uh and a very allegorical stories are gonna be involved. Mm-hmm that are about social commentary. And I'm one of those that like in the horror noir um, documentary, Tana Rive Due, I probably said her name wrong. She's the author of things like The Good House. Okay. She put it perfectly. She basically said, and I'm paraphrasing that, black horror is social commentary horror. Pretty yeah. Much. Like all black horror. And we even discussed that briefly in the past where, you know, props to Jordan Peele for all the work he's yeah. done movie-wise, but Tales from the Hood was a really good social commentary. And even though he himself was not a white, was not a black man, Wes Craven was white, people under the stairs. Yeah. That is a great horror movie when it comes to social commentary. And so I love any books and movies that are like that. So I'm really yeah. looking forward to that one. I got to meet her at uh, Ghoulish Fest. She is the nicest person. I just adore so her. jealous of you right now. Well, hopefully she'll be at ghoulish fest next year too, where they're, where they're already making that plan. So next okay. time don't have plans. You go with me to ghoulish. I next will, time. man, let me know. Cause I would <laughs> love to meet her. Cause she was by far one of the most, well, they were all fascinating really. Again, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but if you ever try to get a subscription to shutter or just, you know, want to yeah. get it. Cause you're a big horror person, watch that documentary. It is worth it just to watch that one. So I got Under Her Skin, which is a woman in horror poetry collection. Look at this cover. Oh gosh, that's gorgeous. Yeah. She's got a poem in there as well. So she does poetry and uh, you're, you know, you're talking about her story. So she's a woman of many talents. Um, Her uh, poem in here is Betrayer. So, you know, pick this up or check this out if you're interested I mean I got to meet her and I feel very honored to have met her she was a really incredible person so yeah so my next one look at all these summer vibes I know can you see these Ooh, this is reluctant immortals by Gwendolyn Keist now this woman is an award-winning author. She's won some stokers for previous work, like the rest maidens and for another one that is slipping my mind at the moment. And I'm sorry, Gwendolyn, but reluctant immortals. Oh my gosh. I'm reading it now. So I'm in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. And from the first page, I was hooked. It is Lucy from Dracula and Bertha from Jane Eyre. 
you know, wronged women, basically, whose destiny and lives, like, they're, it was snatched from them by the men in the story, you know, Dracula took Lucy's life, you know, there's no consent there. And Bertha, well, she's the mad woman in the attic that we always, she became a trope, you Mm -hmm. know, Um, and so Rochester took, you know, her own agency from her too. And they're, this is 1960s California. So you have all those summer loving vibes and, you know, it's, they're basically living that hippie Gothic life, um, in California, trying to reclaim the agency, like their personal agency over themselves from their living as immortals. Mm-hmm. And, you know, from these men who, who continue to haunt them if you will, um, continue to linger and be an unwelcome presence in their lives. And they sort of, they want to take, take everything, take charge, take everything back, um, that they've lost and they do it. Look at this in this amazing California 1960s context. It's amazing. amazing It's brilliant. It's a brilliant story. I'm just, I'm really into it. And it is definitely going to be like a top summer wreck from here on out. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I have to add that one. That does sound very intriguing. Pre- that doesn't come out till August 23rd. So okay. get a pre-order in for that. Alrighty. Ah. So my next one, because for me thinking of summer, I think of like short stories, especially the ones that you tell around a campfire, you know, I was very mm-hmm. much, you know, scary stories to tell in the dark, Oh yeah, all that kind of fun stuff. So my next one is Stein Tinglers because you know oh. yeah rl Stein's came out with a new at least a new book i don't know if it's a series i thought it was a series mm-hmm. but then when i looked it up a little bit later i found out it's just like a collection of short stories from him yeah and so all of these are stories various things that kids go through and it has that mix that he's known for where it's comedic horror mm-hmm. because he's really because he was a class clown like if you read any of his recollections when he was younger he was a small kid so he was bullied so yeah. by default he became funny but I'm, I'm a big old kid at heart when it comes to like Fear Street and Goosebumps. You know, I wrote a couple yeah. articles last year for that. And I really love the movies, the Fear Street movies that um, Netflix put out last year. Oh, so yeah. I'm interested to see, you know, what he does now. Yeah, yeah. I liked Jack Black as R.L. Stein oh. in the movies too. <laughs> me, when me and my friend watched that, because we we're hanging out, we're like, we're bored. There's nothing left yeah. to do. Let's watch it. And we had to pause because his rant, Jack Black's rant as R.L. Stein about Stephen King was so hilarious to us <laughs> that we had to pause the movie. We were laughing so hard. Oh something about the way he delivered it. Because I, I feel like as they do, as people do, they fabricated a you know rivalry between the two. And they're like, yeah, they're both horror movies, but they're yeah. age, you know, their audience is drastically different, you know. I mean, I'm sure some kids read Stephen King at a young age. Everyone does that, but it's not like, I don't feel like most parents, even the most voracious of book dragons, like they chuck, you know, carry at their kid. The first thing they're like, I want to read a scary book. They're like, why don't we start with here so we can get your benchmark and kind of figure out, you know, where you are. So, and I'm a big old kid and usually anything with RL sign, I'll at least read it. Like I like his Fear Street, his, the, books he writes that are intended for the younger audiences yeah 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 that makes sense I don't I'm not gonna say he doesn't do well for the adult because I know he's written a few adult books I've never read them I don't and know if he's interested in doing well for them though like I don't think he one. 
that I know of. Yeah. Like, I think he, he loves his audience. I think he's fine. Like, I mean, they're legit readers and they're passionate readers. So, you know, kids are, that's where you get them. Like I remember, and you probably remember this as, you know, cause you're a former librarian, but if you can get something that kids like you are set for life. I remember seeing a tweet a couple years ago and it just made me laugh because basically like I volunteered, the poster was like, I volunteered to set up my, the book fair for my kids' school. Yeah. And the way these kids went after the dog man books, it was like a shark circling water. I'm like, oh yeah, I can see that. Like what I want to make sure too, is that people understand you brought up dog man. My kid went through his dog man phase, you know, kids go through their dog man phase. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was perfectly fine with that because all reading matters. And, you know, I think he was seven or eight years old buying this dog man book and the bookseller was trying to shame us mm-hmm. and shame. Oh, him. That's terrible. Like I was pissed. And, um, she's like a teacher who was working there, like during the summer or something. I used to do that too when I was a school librarian as well. Um, Like go back to the bookstore to work. But I was so angry going like, you work with kids. You should absolutely know better. I mean, let's let's overlook the fact that this is an age appropriate book for him. If it wasn't, who cares? Who cares? He's interested in reading a book. So who cares? Exactly, like that would piss me off too like not even like I was so upset right now he's a reluctant reader he's got books but he's a reluctant reader and he likes he still likes the dog man's and the captain on France and I'm like anything that's graphic novel and sometimes he'll surprise me like we were going through our books to figure out what we wanted to give away and there's this graphic novel version of is either King Arthur or Robin Hood I can't remember which one but he had never shown an interest in it but when I went to put it in the donation pile he's like no no I want to keep that one and I'm like you know what I'm, I'm like, I don't of course I didn't reading. it's graphic novels. I yeah. don't care. They're still reading. Yes, they are. In fact, graphic novels will have rare, more rare words per 1000 words than prose books do for kids. Really? So it's actually like higher level reading. And that's something that a lot of people don't know. But even if they didn't have that as a qualifier, I don't care. It's all reading. Um, and I, and I don't want to say it like, like I did one of my big projects in my, uh, you know, when I was getting my master's in library science was on the value because this was way back, like very, very, very embarrassingly early two (laughs) thousands. This is how long ago it was (laughs) like 20 years ago, you know, graphic novels were just starting to come into libraries and I had been reading them since the early nineties, like 92 or so 93, I was just discovering Neil Gaiman and that's what turned me on to it. And I discovered this huge world you know, mouse had already made waves and there's just all this amazing stuff, you know, literary awards were now recognizing graphic novels yet. Even now, even now, after they've, they've done all of that, there's still, people still have this idea that they don't have the same value, even though they're recognized in literary circles and awards, even though they get critical acclaim, yet they are very often banned um, because people are afraid, mm-hmm. you know? And so like it, you know, over in Land or ISD, they have the graphic novel version of the Handmaid's Tale band, but not the prose version. 
because one is more frightening to them. You know, so you'll, you'll get this nonsense. It's just amazing. It shows the power of the content. And like I said, even without that statistic of, of more rare words per like certain number of words, it doesn't matter. It all has value and people need to let go of that notion that it doesn't like back there's good stories it's literally just a different medium prose and poetry and graphic novels are all just individual mediums to tell stories yeah to to piggyback on that just a little bit and we'll get back on track my dad when he was growing up that he was a reluctant reader he really was Mm -hmm. and it wasn't until he saw the comic book versions of all these classics they're talking Twenty Thousand leagues under the sea and treasure island that got him into reading mm-hmm. and then he started reading like he started reading like the books that would come from the bookmobile you know yeah it was that kid waiting for it and so I see stories like that and I see you know even with my son I'm just like I most people I'm like I don't care yeah it's it's if they are cognitive enough to understand it because one of the rules that my mom had before she passed away with me reading was that like if you have to ask me too many questions and you yeah. don't understand it and you're not ready for it but other than that if you want to read it, try to read it. Yeah, yeah. If you think you can understand it, you know, we didn't have like age restrictions or anything. And so I don't have that with my son if he wanted to read, but he's a reluctant reader right now. Just you give him whatever he wants exactly. as far as reading goes. Just give him whatever he wants. He'll be fine. He'll figure it out. Oh, yeah. You know, um, and I, I know, I know you and I are probably the same on this. The number one thing. I'm tired of in the world because it's the cause of all these problems. Like all our bigger problems is judgment. I am so freaking sick of everyone's judgment. I am over it again. I am now Weezer Boudreaux. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> I'm not as nice as I used to be, you know? <laughs> as she says. So I'm over it. Me too. And uh, people can blame it on the two years of being, you know, pretty much quarantine, but I'm just like my my masking doesn't work as much anymore and yeah. my face I'm just like there are some days I'm just like I do not feel like peopling so oh. I'm going to stay inside for my sanity and the their feelings because I won't hold back if mm-hmm. I get you know if someone pokes the proverbial bear I'll be like oh okay we can do this I want to play right. this game when normally I'm just like oh, it's not worth it yeah <laughs> So the last one that I've reserved to talk about, um, and you'll recognize the little book of the month uh, thing in the corner here. Uh, for those of y'all who don't know, PN and I are on book of the month and we we message each other as we get closer, yes. <laughs> like trying to figure out the little hints that they give out as to what's going to be next in the book of the month. And um, and I then wait till I can tell you one, like when you told me the one about the Hacienda, I was like, oh, you know. But yeah, do you know the next one already? No, 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 no. I don't think they have a clue yet. I'm saying I can't wait till I know. Oh, because I recognize their hint of the Hacienda immediately. Well, I had an arc. I was cheating, but not cheating. Like I had just happened already. (laughs) Now I've got two other people to read that book too. So I, that was a good one. I know you mentioned it earlier as an aside. That is now in my all time top 
five favorites. I have purchased this book so many times. Isabel Cañas has made so much money off of me. <laughs> <laughs> I keep purchasing it to give people and they always message me about like, oh, I'm so happy about it. I gave it to one of my closest friends yesterday for her birthday. And she was like looking at the premise going, oh, I feel like an onion whose outer layers have been exposed. <laughs> She was so into it, you know, um, but anyway, what I'm going to show you here is the rest of the cover. Look at, I mean, first of all, these colors, this cover, it's hibiscus, it's palm trees. That is it's, very much. It's Rachel Hawkins and Reckless Girls. Um, and she also writes, because you're from the romance world, if you don't already know Rachel Hawkins, um, you'll probably know Aaron Sterling, who wrote the X-Hex. Yes. Yeah. And other oh, romance titles. Such a good one. These are the same people. I know. And you know, I, <laughs> I didn't realize that until I saw her picture Yeah. on the, I think it was the back of the X-Hex because I got her other book of the month pick, the, the, the wife upstairs. Yes. And I'll be honest. I had the moment I was looking at the picture. I'm like, you look familiar, but I don't want to be that person that says you look familiar because right, of right, no right. reason. And so I went, I looked up, I'm like, no, this is the same person. And then I went <laughs> and I read. And what stands out to me for her is that she's one of the few authors that I personally feel that you can't tell that they're the same person from reading their no. And I think that's why it's smart that she has the different names. It is like with some authors, you can tell like when King was writing, you know, looking right. at it now, like you can tell there's, there's definitely a feeling there mm -hmm. that is him, no matter what, no matter what name he writes under. But with her, I'm just like, oh no those not I don't want to say personalities that seems to me but like I'm like those writing personas are very separate from one another and you yeah. can tell because there's no type of overlap or like you know signature as it were to say that they're the same person right right well I I have the x-hex also from book of the month <laughs> And I, I'm going to have her on because the <gasps> next book, really? yes, the next X hex book is going to be coming out. So I'm going to have her on for that. But then in her Rachel Hawkins persona, she's mm -hmm. going to have the via coming out. Um, so she's got all kinds of things going on. She is very busy. Um, <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I, um, so let's go back to reckless girls. So you mentioned the wife upstairs also on book of the month. Um, and I'm getting $0 from book of the month in case book of the month is listening and cares to give me dollars for saying this. Over and over. Um, we could use that. Hey, I'm sure, you know, Agatha wouldn't mind a sponsorship from book of I the month. I wouldn't mind it at all. Um, but I, because it's like scholastic, like a scholastic book order. When you're a kid, you and I are so funny. Like, have you seen it yet? have you seen it it's, it's up it's up have you looked <laughs> and then eagerly awaiting for that blue box is just like people order from amazon or online book like bn or whatever all the time but for whatever reason it's just magical to get the like a you know a book box it really is yeah. and uh again to get into you i'm sorry and we have to talk about reckless girls but i told you this story but i did want to share i love how the blue box is just so distinctive mm -hmm. because when I, when I used to have to go pick up yes. the box from my apartment officer like well what does it look like i'm like it's a blue box there's no other blue boxes over there i can assure you yeah and then yeah. this last time when mine came in i asked my son to check the mail 
and he saw a box or was it last year from it might have been last month for mother's day and he saw the box with my name on it and he thought it was a gift for me so he's coming in doing the sideways shuffle with his hands behind his back because he thinks he's hiding a gift from his dad for me and he's trying to be sneaky about it and I'm like I appreciate what you're doing boo I'm like but quick (laughs) question I was like is the box blue and he's just like yes and I'm like okay that's my gift for myself that's not something (laughs) that your dad got me I will tell him that you were looking out for him yeah but you can give me that because that's something that I bought for myself he's like oh okay and then he went to his room and got the box and handed it to me he's so cute he really is I was just like that is adorable he's so cute well he's trying to make it a surprise he was as you said you have the wife upstairs so you know that that book is a Jane Eyre twist it's like a a modern twist retelling of Jane Eyre right um Reckless Girls is a twist and you know a modern twist on Agatha Christie's and then there were none except it is sexy people on a Pacific Island um that realize that it's dangerous (laughs) it's rich wealth like wealthy sexy you know people going and thinking they're just going to go have the time of their life on this pacific island right and people start start getting killed and you know it turns out everybody has a secret and it turns out that there's more going on than they realized at first and and all these it's all the agatha christie and then there were none things but it's like i said it's hot you know wealthy sexy people (laughs) on a pacific island and what's not fun about that oh gosh that sounds amazing i think um two of my book club members also have i roped them into book of the month and i think they both got that one so i Mm. definitely have to borrow that from them because i was on the fence about it's like i i really liked the wife upstairs which is weird because i've actually never read jane Eyre. like yeah I feel bad because I'm like, I'm an English. So maybe reader, you missed a few of the Easter But I haven't read, you know, yeah. a lot of the English literature I'm supposed to. And I'm I'm really okay with that for the majority. But I loved The Wife Upstairs. Like that yeah. was so good to me. Did you feel compelled to go read Jane Eyre after that? Between that one and another non-scary book, but still funny book called The Air Affair. Oh, yeah, by, yeah. Is that Jasper Ford? Is that how you pronounce his last name? Yes. We read that in our book club too. And so I was like, okay, so I might read it, but I might listen to it. Yeah. Because I feel for me, classics might work better if someone's reading it to me. Yeah. We um, had Jasper Ford come into the bookstore whenever I worked at the bookstore. He came in and his, he was Brit, you know, charming and British and all of these, <laughs> and like everyone was swooning. <laughs> I bet. I can see that. Because he's so funny and charming and talking to us like he's Colin Firth it's like what's why wouldn't we swoon exactly <laughs> the odds were stacked against y'all <laughs> yeah. um, so of course I remembered immediately I was like oh Jasper Ford <laughs> well with the way that one ends because when we read it in our book club only one of us had read it yeah and so you know how the air affair ends with the book within the book mm-hmm. and she cracked up because I'm like is that really what happens in the book? She's like, yeah, kind of. And I'm like, are you, are you kidding? And she's just like, no, because that's one of her favorite books that and Rebecca, which is one I do want to read. Rebecca. Yeah. If, if you're going to read the Hacienda, that's in conversation with Rebecca. It's not at all mandatory. Just like you could read the wife upstairs 
and still enjoy it as its own experience. But, you know, if you want to know what the Easter eggs are, like, then go ahead and go back and read, you know, the, the classics, but it's not mandatory. To plug the Hacienda just a little bit. Um, my husband started listening to it because he's an audiobook. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's an audiophile. I guess what someone would call him. Me too. And he's just like, he's like, so I downloaded this because I had the credits because his audible has been building up and he's like, it's already scary. And I'm like, already, how far did you get? He's like, I'm just in the second chapter. And you know, the voice is like, no, no. And I mean, he's got the ones that like sit over the ear. No, he might use the internal ones now. So when he's listening to it at work, that's all he hears. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone else is tuned out. And I would tell him, be like, it gets very atmospheric. So just, just be mindful, you know? Yeah. Well, no, that is a perfect summer gothic read a perfect summer gothic read I did like I said because I've already had her on the show and I've talked about it kind of all the time (laughs) I was like I'm not gonna do it this time and then here we are (laughs) like I can't stop talking about this book I can't Um, either I had to finish that book and I know that seems weird to say it like that but I'm a multiple book reader like a a poly reader if you will and so I try to give each book (laughs) each book equal time as I'm reading yeah. them but that one not I don't even remember what I was reading at the same time but they got pushed to the wayside because I just had to know how so it was going to turn out it was so good so good you know when I was reading it and I'm in bed at night reading this book you know I live on the green belt so the woods are right behind my house and the coyotes always knew to start howling at the scariest part of the book. And I'm like, well, why do they know? Why do they so know? Turn coyotes, because they're tricksters. Isn't that oh, they were killing me. Um, so yeah, anyway, I had coyotes with the Hacienda as my soundtrack. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So my last one for today is another one that's going to get released. And while I normally don't like pitches like this, as in something we've mentioned before, it's being pitched as bad moms meets my best friend's exorcism. And I'm like, oh, okay. okay, that's engaging. It's called Suburban <laughs> Hell by Marlene right. Silmer. And new girl Amy moves to the neighborhood, moves to the burbs, and meets up with some friends there. Their names are Liz, Jess, and Melissa. They build a she shed just to have a place for their Ooh, own. I have a whole book of those. My mom moms. bought me a book of those. <laughs> And it makes sense. You know, their moms are suburban moms, PTA. That stuff gets exhausting after a while. And sometimes right. you just don't want to have that persona. However, when they're like, you know, they, they have the she shell built, she shed built, uh-huh, uh-huh. and they're there doing everything. <laughs> and suddenly there's a demon and one of them gets possessed. Liz gets possessed. And so they're trying to figure out how to, you know, exercise the demon without letting anybody know. And it's so funny because they're like, you know, they have to, you know, deal with, you know, moving dolls which no thank you mm-hmm. burn marks and strange smells because apparently smell i did not know this actually until i read my best friend's exorcism that bad smells seems to coincide with uh demon possession or at least that tends to be Ooh, one of the things in the show no it's so weird because there's this period it seems where they're just they look greasy for lack of a better word kind of yeah, like yeah teenagers do when you lose the fight for a week of getting making them take a bath because mm-hmm. we're in the thick of that right now but and then suddenly I guess they give up and the demon takes over and suddenly they're all glowing and looking like you know like a demon which you know I mean technically they're fallen angels so it makes sense that they would have some kind of you know a fulgent glow to them but just the whole idea of these women trying to exercise 
their friend and not knowing what to do. Cause I'm like, I don't know what I would do if one of my friends got possessed. Right. <laughs> what would you do? I don't know. I mean, get out the sage or whatever witchy things, you know, plus all the candles, you know, the Santa Maria's, or at least for me, you know, (laughs) but I read that. And that's an interesting cover too. When you look that up, I mean, it looks kind of like a twisted version of the chiclet covers that were so prevalent Mm -hmm. in the late nineties, early aughts. Like that's what it reminds you of, but you know, you have this like demonic looking hand, like coming out of the ground too. Yeah. Yeah. So that one comes out uh, August 30th. I forgot to mention that. So that's another one that's later in the summer. The last thing that I'm going to talk about is not really a particular title. It's an author, which is Wendy Dalrymple. And I've had her on the show before too. And I'm going to have her again soon uh, to talk about her. Yeah, there's a classic movie called The Ghost and Mrs. Muir. Um, and hers is is a twist on that. She's got a a book coming out. That's a twist on that. The reason why I'm going to recommend Wendy, um, and you'll probably know her romance novels. I was about to say, I was just looking at my Google. I'm like, yes, she straddles too, right? Like, yes, she does. And horror. She has very sweet, adorable romance novels, but then she also has Florida Gothic, like straight up Florida Gothic. And so if you're interested in reading a story that's Gothic and takes place in a city, like in a place that's hot and you know you hear the chicharas that's what I call them other people call them cicadas but you know I'm from South Texas um you know (laughs) you'll hear like coastal birds and and just the sounds of summer when you grow up on the coast like that's what you get when you read Wind of Wendy's like Florida gothic stories so yeah check her out I'll definitely check her out so I have a few of her romances and I've seen her um talking about some of her horror yeah, because I, I believe I follow her, or it's a seeing a something that you retreat. You probably um, do because we were all Violet Gaze <laughs> romance writers. Yeah. Um. But anyway, I am thrilled with checking out some of your summer wrecks and oh, happy birthday oh, and happy birthday and yeah. cute haircuts and thank all of the good things. And thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. I can't wait to be back again. Thanks for joining us today on She Wore Black. You can follow the show on Instagram and Twitter if you follow the links on our website at sheworeblackpodcast.com. We have some great episodes coming your way, so be sure to subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or Google Podcasts. You can also support the podcast by shopping at our online bookstore at bookshop.org slash shop slash she wore black. Every purchase you make through our storefront, be it the books on my lists or any books you find in a search from our front page, will support the cost that goes into show production as well as supporting independent bookstores nationwide. Thanks again for joining us today and happy reading. Mm-hmm.